This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hour number three of the G-Bag Nation as we uh, go and recap some of what Mike McCarthy, the head coach of your Dallas Cowboys, here on your home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan, had to say regards to Zach Martin. Definitely has a chance to play on Sunday, which is in line with what you said earlier there, Brian Broaddus, that uh, today it looked much better, that quad injury, than initially maybe yesterday yeah they're hopeful and uh but you never know uh, the thing i've now all of a sudden learned every you know you talk to some folks and they'll say hey uh, no it looks good looks good looks good and then we get to the final part and maybe the thing didn't respond like they thought it would to completely finish out the the rehab process of it but you know hopefully for zach martin things work out he's he's a tough guy we all know that we're not going to question that but that was a pretty significant injury. I, I'll say this. He's lucky he didn't tear up his knee mm. with the way that Russo flew inside and yeah. hit him because if Zach's kind of – if he's stationary right there and Russo goes right a little bit lower, that that thing's going – that's that's into the knee area, and that, that could be a lot worse than what it was. Yeah, that was two big breaks yesterday, not having Micah Parsons with a catastrophic knee injury after Marquis Bell just threw a Bills offensive yeah, player into fullback, the knees yeah. of him. I yeah. mean, you make it out there alive. We'll see. Yeah, it would be great to have Zach Martin. But, you know, Mike McCarthy, it seems like they, they lean to be a little bit more cautious, especially yeah. with supreme supreme guys that they need. Mm-hmm. But that this will be a game you'll you'll want to have them versus the Dolphins for sure. Christian Wilkins, you just, he good. comes to mind as a one of the better defensive tackles in the league. So, But that's great news. Great news, man. He must have just been living with ice wrapped around his leg for the entire duration of – you know, Plane the flight, flight home and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. Yep, optimistic there on Zach Barn. We got the uh, top 10 at 420 coming up on the other side. Zach Wolchuk, Brian Broaddus, Eric Chiafalo. We got Rigo Mendoza in for Lucius Alexander. Gavin Dawson on assignment. Shout out to Ryan as well, running your video. You can check us out on Twitch and on YouTube. A couple other takeaways from McCarthy. Of course, he mentioned they lost the tackling battle, so they've been pretty good on that the majority of the year. They definitely didn't tackle well yesterday. They got blocked yesterday. I mean, they, they, they yeah, they missed some tackles, but it was really... You know, and he can't he can't come out and say that. You know, he can't come out and say, hey, we just got blocked. You know, yeah, they missed some tackles. But the way that the Buffalo Bills were able to get guys on their defenders, whether it was the slant fronts or, you know, them, you know, playing guys down in the box. I mean, they, they just got bodies. And you and I were talking, Zach, in the post game last night with Brad. It just appeared to me just – from the eye test to watching the game, a lot of blue jerseys just plastered yep. on white jerseys, and the film showed that. Hat on a hat. They they were they struggled to get off blocks yesterday, yeah, and, it, and it, it showed. I mean, they gave did. up all those yards. He said it wasn't an issue with uh, effort or finishing, but 
give the Bills credit, and uh, he certainly did. I mean, he was asked there about taking advantage of the nickel and dime, smaller personnel on the field. Again, he wanted to give credit to James Cook, certainly. That's a problem for them. Certainly teams are going to take advantage of that. That's and you're a playing against two teams that yeah. are very good at running the football in Miami and Detroit coming up next. Yeah, and 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 Dan Dan does some things. I mean, he tried. He tried. Now, there was what we call you know, the neutral box with seven in the box. You know, that's as many as many defenders as there are blockers. Yeah, that's that's you know, they they went neutral box. They they had ten opportunities against neutral box, James Cook running the ball yesterday. Ten attempts. Four of the four of the ten attempts went for ten yards or better. Mm-hmm. Oof. That's in that just, yeah. They had a 70 percent success rate. That's four yards or more mm-hmm. on the run. Seventy percent in that neutral box. In the, even when they went stack box. Average almost five yards a carry. Stack box eight plus. So you have extra defenders in the box yeah. to slow down the run. Eight rushes for thirty nine yards, four point nine yards a carry versus stack box. Wow. Yeah, none, none, nothing was was working for you. Bad angles getting washed. Nothing. Yeah, your defensive tackles getting blown off the ball, and then and then they were running right at Marquis Bell. They knew, hey, this is an undersized Clark, guy. Bell, curse. Parsons, mm-hmm. they, they they didn't discriminate who they were trying to run against yesterday. So, uh, and you've seen this too, Brian. We get a lot of people texting in and asking 877-881-1053, Parsons moving off ball linebacker. It, it, it doesn't help you there. I mean, I mean to me, like they having him, okay, if you want it, they, they, they still were getting guys up on the second level. You know, they still were driving defenders into linebackers. You know, it Parsons playing off ball linebacker, yeah, fine. It's if the ball if the ball goes away, you know, and there were some ball the most of the balls were going away. So, you know, I could see, but to me, Buffalo didn't care. I mean, they're you're one of your better one of the best defenders in the National Football League, they took the ball at. So playing off ball linebacker, okay. You're putting a bigger body back, sure. But to me, having him at the point of attack, because he beat the center one time, he got held, you know? I, I'm trying to put Micah Parsons in as many situations that he can to make plays. Well, when he's on the edge, and they can just leave him unblocked, and he's rendered useless on a yeah. lot of those plays, you know, I, I would have liked to see them move him inside a little bit more because he, he at played least, a couple he times have it. Yeah, a couple times, he but played, they sh- yeah, he should have done more of that, yeah. man. You set him on the edge, they just know, okay, we're going to run away from Parsons, we'll leave him unblocked, and he will be rendered useless. Or, and again, or, or yeah, you, they'll run at, him, run at him, but more often than not, they're just running away from him and saying, we're not going to block you and you're not going to be able to do anything. Right, I mean, when we haven't seen that many games where it's just, man, a team's just not going to throw the football at all because they don't have to. They're running the football so damn well on you because he was definitely successful rushing the passer. But the question I had last night was the last time we did see them play him off ball, which was the Giants game where they won by 20 to 30 points. He was vocal and frustrated and ticked off on social media afterwards. Like, how much does he really want to do that? For sure. Um, And that's definitely a bummer that that's sort of his mindset. But even if that's the case, I... You mentioned him should have drawn the holding call, but he yeah. he's wreaking havoc there in the middle of the defense, and right. it's a run play. It's yeah. not pass rushing. Right. It's a run play where he can at least try and do something because yeah. when you, when he's on the edge and the Bills know, okay, we're, we can just run. We can run at him or away well, from him. Either way, he ain't doing anything here. here here's, they should have adjusted. Here's one. They ran a toss play to the right. So they went toss right. 
They crack Parsons on the edge. He spins out of it, though, but he's not going to get there. Yeah. Clark reads pass first, steps back. He's late to get to the ball. Curse gets knocked wide. Gilmore, no, no force. Gain to seven. Mm. They ran a toss sweep his direction, and they got seven yards out of that. They crack him on the end. You know, I mean, uh, to me, yeah, but- they're going to find ways to block him. I mean, you're not going to let him, whether you play him as off ball or play him on the line, you're going to find ways to block him. You know, that's the thing to me that I'm like, you know, playing him as, I, I, I would rather put him at the ball. That's, and I, I think that he has a better chance. If you play him, if you play him off the ball and he's having to run and, and take on, and maybe, but I, I think it's when he has a chance to be at the point of attack, he's probably a better player. I agree, line of scrimmage. But yes. yesterday on the edge, he was he was useless. He didn't have yeah. the opportunity to rush, right? Yeah. Uh, but nine oh three, interesting question, and I believe this was asked yesterday uh, during the post game show. We just didn't have time to get to it. But and granted, Sam Williams has had some bonehead penalties, but he's also somebody that they've struggled to get on the field at times. Would you look at Sam Williams as maybe trying to slide into a linebacker role because he's got a little bit more size, and we know he's a freak athlete. Yeah, I don't know that he would be someone I would trust to be able to understand where to be in so much of being a linebacker. Like physically, I think he he'd be and more we're than seeing capable that with Damone Clark taking right? on blocks and stuff. Yeah, but so much of linebacker is cerebral and knowing where to be and yep. when to be there. And I don't know that you could just take a defensive lineman by trade and in the middle of the season, it's a tough ass. Just throw him in there. Yeah, I agree. I I, I don't think I. Don't know the schematics part of it and need to ask this question, but I wonder if it would be better if they played a four, a three, four front. Hmm. If they played with three down linemen and then now you find a way to get guys like Sam Williams and others and, and uh, Lawrence involved. I, I don't know if it's something that you could do to, to, to play better run defense. Well, I think, I think based on matchups like yesterday, that's something that might've been able to help you. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's not very, it's not very fair to just say, hey, Dan Quinn, just keep running out your nickel guys when they're going heavy and they're going an extra offensive lineman. Yeah. There's got to be something you can do here. Bring in another defensive lineman. Get a little bare front going. Yeah, maybe some yeah. bare front. You, you, do, well, that's you don't have saying. to just sit there yeah. with safeties as linebackers and say, well, this is this is just sort of all we got. This is what we do. So even though you've got heavy personnel and extra offensive linemen in here, you're running on us at a historic rate. This is just what we do. I think Dan Quinn was absolutely awful yesterday. Yeah, and certainly he's been a guy that's made great adjustments uh, during his track record here. But yesterday you didn't see him. He no, didn't. and that's asking to lose running when you're you've got 22 uh, heavy personnel going up against your nickel and dime packages. It's just I, it, it's a bad matchup. I, I understand what you're saying about him having a bad day yesterday. I think his adjustment was I can't play toe to toe with these guys. I can't play toe to toe. And we talk about moving and slanting the front. He he didn't have answers yesterday for how they were blocking him. He tried to keep his guys out of harm's way, and it it didn't work. It just didn't work with his front. Because, like I say, they were. It, we'll, we'll get into and and I'll 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 tell you, like as as I go through, and I, I broke down every single play, every single play that they ran where they ran slant front, mm-hmm. Lan, uh, line slants left. Golston Osadigizuwa stay square. Golston plays off block. Thomas helps with Phil gain a two. Okay, here we go. Playing a little slant front. Maybe this is going to work now. Next play, slants the line to the right. Good across the board, except Wilson on the edge gets fooled 
to the inside, which gives up the corner. Cooks bounce, Cook bounces the ball to that side. Evans makes a tackle from the inside, gain of eight. Okay, here we go the next, uh, the next uh, time. Lance, line slants to the right. Osa, Osa wins, uh, but can't adjust back. Parsons gets blocked. Bell trapped. Williams and Clark miss tackles. Gain of 12. You know, slant mm-hmm. right. Clark and Curse get trapped inside. Ball bounces outside. Clark laid along, uh, along with Gilmore for the tackle. Gain of four. You know, it, it's just his idea was I'm going to try and move this line and and see if I can if I can create a negative play, and they just couldn't. It's probably smart to do with their quickness, right? That's their advantage. They're quicker, yeah. but yeah. unfortunately, they got blocked, and they weren't. They, I mean, it was it was sticky rice out there. They weren't able to get off, and the adjustments. Yeah, I mean, I would have liked to see maybe a, a bare front up there. I think that could have been a smart move. There's got to be maybe something. Maybe it wouldn't have worked. Well, right. But you would have just but, lied but liked nothing to see was something different. And, and the yeah. other the other thing, too, when it comes to Parsons, and, hey, you're playing on the edge, whatever, but do you at some point do you realize they're not throwing the football. You don't have to be in a rush to get so far upfield like you're rushing the passer. They're running the ball right he past you, He was trailing dude. quite a bit yesterday. He definitely was. There's no question about that. And in regards to the challenge, as we wrap up uh, McCarthy's pressure reaction, blind challenge is what they would call it, right? He said he didn't have quite enough information when you're not able to see the replay and you just throw the challenge flag. You call it a blind challenge. And he said uh, the information that he had at the time didn't validate a timeout or a challenge to be called. Okay. So that was Coach's explanation. Some days you some days you have to make gut decisions as a head coach. I agree with you 100%. Some days you have to figure out if you want to go for two and maybe take the game in a different direction. His team was not going the right direction. We've seen in basketball all the time when there's a when they, when they, when someone's on a massive run, what do they do? They call a timeout. You have to change momentum if you can. Right there would have been a, an opportunity. Nobody would have faulted Mike McCarthy for challenging that right there. After after what after what we all saw. Now he's saying it's a blind challenge, but you've got to trust that. Wait, something just happened here. I need this is a big point in the game that maybe I need to change the direction of the game. That's that's sometimes that's being a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can't overvalue a first half timeout. No, goodness. and I think at that time, just throwing the challenge, and even if you lost it, it was worth the gamble. Hey, but he had it in his hand. He, he, he did have it in his hand. He was considering it. Give some credit where it's due. And that's dude. what matters. All right, let's slide into the top 10. Coming up on the other side, it is National Twins Day. I got the top 10 twins in sports history. What's a set Harmon of twins? Kilbrew? Maybe. What's oh. a set of twins that stands out to oh. you? That's next on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
This segment of the G-Bag Nation is brought to you by Frankel and Frankel. Life is unpredictable and accidents happen. Frankel and Frankel are the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in the DFW. And if your loved one has been injured in an accident, contact Frankel and Frankel for a free consultation at truckwreck.com or call 214-817-333-3333. So Bailey looks to throw. And he's got a man wide open for the catch. And the touchdown, it's Ethan Feaster, the freshman, in for the score. On third and 21, doesn't matter. DeSoto continues to get it done, Texas high school football. What a weekend it was for many programs right here in the DFW. Fantastic. I know Baskey still celebrating his Duncanville Panthers. So <laughs> As uh, he should, man. All what, is well. what a win for them. Huge Shout win. out Coach Samples. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Rigo. And now, huge win for all of us. It's time for the Wooly Bully top 10 list of the day. Let's do it. We'll get into the uh, top 10 twins in sports history on National Twins Day. If you've got a twin, you want to shout them out, or you've got just a set of sports twins that you love. Uh, and then the 817 said Ronda Rousey. Some nice twins. Uh, and I don't think that's actual, like, twin-twin thing. I think we know what that is. Twin Peaks? She's a mom. TD Tuesdays tomorrow. Uh, 877-881-1053. It's <laughs> a Tuesday list. Yes, it is. Uh, now, DeSoto, you mentioned uh, that play that highlight coming back. They just absolutely beat the brakes off of Humble Summer Creek, 74-14. to They set hist- made his- history in the Texas State Championship game. Absolute blowout. 74 points most ever scored in a Texas State Championship game. Is 63 was the previous record by Kyler Murray's Allen Eagles in 2013. So congratulations to the DeSoto Eagles as this game was pretty much over after the first quarter when they put up 36 points. You Dun- like offense? You've come to the right place. Damn right, Hixie. Uh, Duncanville also beating North Shore in round five of their state championship series, 49-33. to They win back-to-back. DeSoto's won back-to-back. South Oak Cliff looking for the three-peat. Unfortunately, fell to PNG if you missed it, 20-17. to PNG getting an onside kick late. There was a pass interference penalty called late that Sock was not happy about. When you go back and you see the still picture, it does look like there was interference made. But congratulations to all of your state champions. Alito wins again 51-8 on Friday night. Gilmer, Anna, Gunter, Malakoff, Albany, Timpson, and Benjamin, uh, and then Gordon. Sounds like a bunch of names right there, but there you go. There's your state champions in Texas. They were a bunch of names. Like first names of children, you know, not like high school. That was honestly my biggest takeaway of of the entire Texas high school football playoff. It was just a bunch of Brock versus Anna versus Melissa. (laughs) Bunch of brother and sisters going at it. Bunch of twins. Okay. Uh, I guess we're just we're just really really half assing the way we're doing these names here. That's fine. All right, 682, shout-out to my brother Garrett, my twin brother Garrett. you got a set of twins in your family there, Eric. He your fooled mom me. and sister. I do. My, well, mom and aunt. Not, yeah, not my mom and sister. Your I mom's sister. sister. But, uh, yeah, my mom is uh, You and your brother. Is a twin. They look oh, like twins, but yeah, not technically twins. Not technically. That that fooled me. Oh, Brian I was I swear livid. that fooled me so much. Brian's that time. like, did he just lie to us and say that he's sick and can't work this game? And here he is at the game, at just the trolling game? us right now. I thought you were. I thought seriously, you were trolling us at the at the pregame show. Like you said, yeah, I can't come. I'm I'm too sick. And then and then you're out there in front of the stage, like with a cocktail in hand. Yeah, punting on work to go party at a game is would be on brand for me. Yeah. But I wouldn't take it the 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 further step of approaching you guys at the broadcast position la, 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 and la, trolling la, la, you in la, your la, face. La, 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 ah, well, Chuck, you're working for me. I'm supposed <laughs> to be homesick, but I'm here to watch the Cowboys beat the Colts. Oh man, absolutely, it's crazy. All right, let's get to our top ten. 
What do you think is the best uh, set of sports twins in the history of the sports? All the sports. You know, I... I mm. Serena and Venus aren't twins, are they? No. And no. you know what? I got got for that as well. Because huh? when I started looking through these lists, I'm like, why the hell are Venus and Serena not on any of these lists? They should be number one. And then I realized... Oh, they're just sisters. They're not twins. What about Amon Ra and Equinemius? I don't think they're twins either. Son of a gun. Just brothers. What about Cor- the Cavender twins? Why are they? Yeah. Ah, the Cavender Ooh, twins. Shout yeah. out to Jake Ferguson. The Cavenders get honorable mention. They're not quite up there. They, haven't they, really, they haven't. You only have one that's good at the sport. The Lopez's? The Lopez's are number 10. Are they? Brooke and Robin Lopez. See, and, th- and that's how you know we there's, there's, not a, ton. there's a lack of dominant twins in we professional are, sports A lot of history. siblings, but not, you know, just twins. The McCordys aren't twins, are they? McCordys they are, are, and the McCordys are on the list. They're super twins, man. Absolutely. You really can't tell them apart. Uh, at least with the Lopez bros, they have a clear distinction on the way they like to wear their hair and whatnot. Yeah. Robin sort of looks like he smells of the earth. Man, a, he does. He's a grounder. That's for sure. Yeah. That dude likes his grounding. <laughs> Almost as much as Kelly Olenek. Woo. Oh, my gosh. I think, didn't the Mavericks draft Kelly, Kelly Olenek and then traded his yeah, rights? Draft think, night was one yeah, of those random I think trades. So, yeah. KO, He's actually of, been a pretty good player. He's one of my favorite Mavs of all time. Man. There's got to be some hockey dudes in here, right? There'll be, the number one uh, seed will be the hockey, the Sedins. The Sedins, uh, yeah. We've got the, the O'Bannon brothers. They fought in uh, NCAA. <laughs> The Barbers certainly will be in the list. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got to vote for Paige Spiranak. I see what you're doing there, 714. <laughs> what about the What about the, uh, the the Julius Jones and uh, Thomas Jones? I think they were just brothers. I don't think they were Stop twins. Stop it. Yeah. They do look alike, though. See, now you're just trolling me. Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. That's a good set of twins right there. Shout out to my B-Day twin, Donovan Wilson, from the 469. And the 682 says they just had twins four months ago. They have five kids now. They're at seven, five, two, and then the newborn twins asked me if I'd like to borrow one or two for some practice. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, so that would I've actually had, be a pretty good idea. I can loan you one of my kids for a week. If I've you had guys a need lot of people tell me what you need to start doing is just not sleeping now to prepare yourself. Is that a thing? Yeah, you lose. Uh, I, I think I saw this stat. I think you lose three months of sleep. Crap. Once you have a kid. Oh, yeah. but it doesn't end. Like, my, my daughter just turned one years old, uh, and over the weekend, we, we had a night where I probably slept about three and a half hours. Man. Because these these winter seasons arrive, and then it's fevers, and it's, you know, it's runny noses, and it's fussy at night, can't go to sleep. Maybe they got body aches. I don't know. They can't talk to you. You know, that that's, that's one of the I most know, nightmare tough. things is I know something's wrong, and now I'm not going to be able to sleep or figure out what's going on. But here we are. I did know, have take a- some Tylenol. Well, this is gonna, I'm not looking forward to that. I got to be honest, but I did have a best of the weekend moment, where yesterday you um, already felt your dad strength start to come on a little bit. I no, not yet, but I'm hoping that that is a thing. It's a huge day, dude. My you put uh, together a chest of drawers or something like no, that. Oh no, two he's, weeks ago we did. We put together all the uh, my sister and I put together all of our backyard patio and fire pit. Do you have any bolts left over? Did have a couple of screws. Yeah. Yeah. So we got some leftover screws, and we'll Just see. Just point out which chairs those are, but so we, I don't have to sit. Hey, in, you know. we, we've tried them all out, and with my own body weight, really? and everything works. That's the real really? test. So yeah, hey, right. if, if I'm comfortable sitting in it, I'm not going to have a guest come over and sit in it and risk your watch. Health. Watch me go over there, and just that thing just buckles. That yeah. would be hilarious. But no, my big win was uh, Maya wakes me up. She's like, "Dad, Dad, you you want to try and feel the baby?" And so for the first time, I was able to feel uh, my baby Eliza kicking. A little kick? Yes. I felt nice, it. Nice, dude. Dude, it was so cool. I'm not going to lie. I geeked out. That like, is- holy crap, it's my baby. She's going to be a soccer star. It's nuts. She? It's wild. All right, number 10 is Brooke and Robin Lopez. Number nine is Horace and Harvey Grant. 
Ah, remember Horace, of I course, do. played with the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls. Grants both picked in the top 12 of the 87 NBA draft, with Horace going 10th, Harvey going 12th. Horace made one all-star team, but is best known for winning four NBA titles with Jordan and the Bulls. Harvey played 11 seasons with, in the NBA with the Bullets, Blazers, and Sixers. So both had good careers. Obviously, Horace the better one. Uh, the Charlo twins keep getting texted in here, Walt Chuck. Absolutely. And the Charlos are on the list. We will get to the Charlos. Oh, they're in the top 10? They're in the top 10. Okay. Hell, they're, they've made a big name for themselves recently. They absolutely have. Uh, any any conjoined twins, the 254 is asking. Ooh, no conjoined twins in sports, uh, in sports history. Professional right? sports history. Professional. Mm-hmm. At least none that we're really able to do enough to you know, make it into but the top 10. But that would be pretty badass if we had, say, like a doubles squad or something out there synchronized swimming would be cool yeah it'd be awesome we're just they're divers <laughs> it's just like yeah just, yeah watch epic. them dominate the breaststroke <laughs> look at them playing with an advantage there <laughs> a little bit yeah <laughs> two lungs uh four lungs actually i think i think a, a boxing conjoined twin would be the would be the most interesting Can you imagine because yeah you like f- that pokemon that's got the you yeah, know what I'm talking about. I think there's a there's a wingspan advantage, but there's two heads to hit if you're the, be the opposing fighter. Oh, two one four the Bella twins, absolutely. Bella twins deserve some love. Number eight, Devin and Jason McCordy. There you go, Brian. There we go. Uh, the, playing 13 NFL seasons, each of them. Of course, you had one of them with the Patriots and the Rams win a Super Bowl. The other, which I believe is Devin. Or Jason playing for the Titans. Browns did play with his brother for a year there in New England. I think did win a Super Bowl with him and the Dolphins. Then Paul and Morgan Ham, which are gymnasts, uh, they were on the Olympic team in 2000 and 2004, winning a silver alongside his brother in the 2004 team competition. So both of them winning silver medals. Hams. I don't know. Uh, this, this is going to be a, a, an old one here. Right, I'm going to need your help. Dick and Tom Van Arsdale. Yeah, that's yeah. They're pro basketball players. Yep. They played together at college in Indiana. Chicago Bulls won them. Both NBA rookie team in 66. Each made three all-star teams, including playing in the game together in 70 and 71. Jeez. Now, Dick played 12 seasons in the NBA, including the last nine with the Suns, who have retired his number. Tom played 12 seasons in the league, including his final year with his brother in Phoenix. I don't see anything. Dude, so everything about their careers is identical? Intertwined. Isn't that amazing? They should be number one. (laughs) I was trying to figure out if Dick was better than Tom, and it sounds like it's it's equal. Both good. Bob and Mike Bryan, who were tennis twins. Tennis guys, yeah. Retired in 2020. Most successful doubles team in tennis history. Jermel and Jamal Charlo in boxing. So there we go. Brothers, uh, of course, 2016, they were in the same division. Currently, Jermel owns all four belts at 154. Jamal, who is one minute older than the brother, won the World Boxing Council title at 160 pounds. Both of them, two of the best in the sport right now. The Pouncy Twins. Ooh, oh, yeah. wow. Marquise yeah. and Mike. Yep. I think that they are, they are um, you know, definitely a part of the offensive line retirement crew that shrinks up in a huge way. You know, they just shred the weight oh, extremely they fast. Good they now. look, yeah, yeah. Not I mean, they not, looked bad before. Right. I mean, I'm not trying to shame them. They looked fantastic. Way. They would probably kill us. Their goal was to, <laughs> you're not being hyperbolic when you say that either. I was trying to be, um, I probably was too aggressive there with my wording. I believe. But also honest. Mike Pouncey, though. Mike Pouncey was the Steeler. Or no, no, Marquise. I get them confused. Oh, speaking of, uh, what about the... Marquise the, was the Steeler. He Mike was, was the Dolphin. Mike was the Dolphin. He walks around with a cane. Yeah. Like the, uh, the, the Damn beating it, I that think these I'm, guys... I think I flipped it, too. Did you? Marquise made four Pro Bowls with the Dolphins and Chargers. Okay. He retired before Mike. 
Uh, Mike made 13 Pro Bowls. He was the more successful. So it wasn't quite like Dick but, and Tom. But Marquise made nine, so it's not like both of them were good. Both of them oh, had good yeah, careers. for sure. Absolutely they did. What about the Morris twins? The Morris twins are an honorable mention. They didn't make the top ten. Really? Yeah. Even though we got one on our team now, and he's doing a good job campaigning for Luca, and I think it's Marquise, uh, campaigning for Luca to be the MVP, which he should be. Rondé and Tiki Barber are number two. We like one of them, not the other one. Honestly, do you know comfortably who number one is going to be here, Broadus? Because you would think Rondé and Tiki Barber, I don't know how it gets much better than that. We'll just give you a hint. I know the hockey hot Gavin Spittle is probably yeah, screaming. Oh, you already it's said it's the Sedins. Yeah. yeah. Daniel and Henrik Sedin. Vancouver? Only set of twins in the Hall of Fame of any of the professional sports. Vancouver Canucks picked Daniel number two, then Henrik number three. How crazy is that in the 99 NHL draft? Kept both of them for all 17 years of their careers. Henrik is the franchise's all-time leader in assists, points, and games played, and also was named the NHL's most valuable player in 2010. Mm. Daniel is the franchise's all-time leader in goals. So amazing for both of them. So crazy. Very crazy. You know, I wonder if there's ever been a professional athlete who had a twin, but only one of them was a legit professional athlete. You know what I mean? Like, is there anybody who's like, yeah, I have a twin. You know, we're very similar, except I'm awesome at sports and he's not. Uh, I would like to know that if anybody has any that's answers. A, that's a really good question. Text in at 877-881-1053. Yeah, yeah. I bet there's a lot like that. But there's a ton of them, man. All right, it's the G-Bag Nation here on a Cowboys Monday. Let's get you two guys, one booth at the top of the hour, but around the bases we go. Otani is open to doing something pretty special. Should we get a name change in Major League Baseball and a Rangers shakeup in the booth next year in the nation? This segment of the G-Bag Nation is brought to you by Classic Chevrolet. Classic Chevrolet is leading the way to finish the year number one in America. They're racing hard with your end savings on over 400 Silverados. Shop them all at ClassicChevrolet.com. This is Texas. This is Classic Chevrolet. Find new roads and relax and enjoy the difference. All right, shout out to the Rangers, and thank you very much, Rigo, who had six players selected to the all-Major League Baseball team over the weekend, and uh, it was an incredible accomplishment we had several, including Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon. They were selected first-team members. And then second-team, Nathan Avaldi is a starting pitcher, Jonah Heim at catcher, and Jordan Montgomery as well. So st- two starting pitchers in Evo and Monty, Jonah as the second team, and then Marcus Simeon Corey Seager as first-teamers. It was pretty cool. You had Jonah Heim there along with Adley Rushman, who went out. Rushman was your first-team catcher. And they were just talking about how you know they enjoy watching both of their games, both switch hitters. And Rushman was giving Jonah some love because he's so tall. He's like, man, getting down in that stance and playing as many games as he does, it's a lot of grind and wear and tear on the body. But Jonah's a badass, and without him, we certainly would not be World Series champions. But it is always nice now when a Cowboys Monday, following a defeat, we can kind of just put a smile back on our face by saying, you know what? The Rangers are World Series champs. Yeah, we're still champions up in here. And you actually had Mike McCarthy name drop the Rangers in his presser earlier, where he's like, you know, when it comes to winning on the road, we gotta we gotta channel something much like the Texas Rangers did, you know, going on the road and and finding ways to win, especially you know versus quality teams, playoff teams. It's exactly what the Rangers did. They might need to get old Cy or Bochi in there for a little like, you know, like a little celebrity shot. Oh, 
but just come in for like a little celebrity speech of sorts. You know, maybe instead, instead of instead of Michael Irvin. You know, that Michael. I mean, I love stuff. a good Michael, speech. Michael, Michael's speeches at home work. He's the. He, we need a road guy. Gotta gotta we a, need a road speech. I thought Brian was going to say Jason Garrett because they did win They're, all their games in 2014 on the road. Eight no. That yeah. was an outlier. I think it was. That two. was in spite of Jason. But let's Garrett. get both. Who do you think would be better, Boach or Cy, or just have both of them come in there and together and just say, "Hey, this is how it's done." Probably I, a Boach. I, I think I think the gravitas of Boach. He commands the room. He does. I mean, both do. But Boach has the voice of really God, it seems like. Yes. Yeah, and he's got the skins, but, you know, all but, over the wall. But this See is why he gets fired up and he's a Dallas guy. That's what I'm saying, though. Boach is kind of like, isn't he kind of a let him play guy? Like, I'm not much on speeches and... Like, I don't know. I know he kind of knows the well, room. We were, we, he's fastballed an orange into the wall out of anger yes. years ago. And when we were in, uh, you know, going into the clubhouse spring training, everyone was telling us how his opening speech that he gave the team for spring but, training, everyone was ready to run through the wall. I kind of thought at the end, though, he was kind of like, you know, I, I know my guys. They don't, they don't need. I a, think in season they when, don't need a speech. He, they know what's on the line. Yeah, he'll just say a couple of words, you know? like go figure yeah, but, it out yourself. And we're not talking about Bochy's guys. We're talking about McCarthy's guys. Yeah, they need yeah. they they need it. Bochy's watching this Cowboys team going. They they need a kick in the gosh dang. He lives in Nashville, I believe. He was probably disappointed that the the Titans dressed up like the Oilers yesterday didn't get it done. Okay, should the Cowboys have done this then, Brian? Because I think I'm a, sure he's just all beat up about it. Right a now. lot of a lot of what galvanized the Rangers probably a, was probably got a drink on the deck probably. right now thinking about it was that deck. By the way, with an E. But if you remember, they were on the road together for like two straight weeks. Oh yeah, he said one time they flew over Texas. Yes, they were on their way. Because they had to go they were on their way to. I mean, they were West Coast, back to Tampa, Tampa Bay, then straight yeah. to Baltimore, yeah. and maybe the Cowboys should have just said, "You know what? We're going straight from Buffalo to Miami." Ooh, that's and we're place practicing you, all week. You don't want to spend a week in Miami. Maybe you, you know, go to Weston or Fort Lauderdale or one of the areas that aren't quite Miami Beach. Yeah, you're going to one of the get suburbs into, where it's a little bit more timid and quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to want to get up into the northern portion. And we've got strict bedtime <laughs> policies, 10 p.m. All right, you're not going out to the strip clubs. I don't think they have an answer for this right now. All right, well, we're going to have to figure this out. Another big news today when it comes to the Rangers, C.J. Nikowski, who a uh, friend of the station and has done an excellent job with Bally Jumping Sports ship. Southwest. He is stepping down as the Rangers analyst on Bally to take a similar position on the Atlanta Braves telecast with Bally and Bally Sports Southeast. The Rangers announced today... Uh, CJ, who's won Emmys, Lone Star Emmys, and has also been a he part beat of me Fox for one. and FS1. Did he? Yeah. He oh, did he one. hold a grudge? He dominated you for one, didn't he? He, he uh, Just set like, you up against the wall? He, like, Dion Dawkins you, and you were Damone Clark. I think there was a year where he, and then the next year, Derek Harper beat me. That one yeah. makes sense. Too talented. Yeah. CJ doesn't? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Neither one of them makes sense, dude. Broadus, you well, should win all the awards. Yeah, I mean, all three of you guys, very, very deserving. CJ saying this has been a dream job. It was capped off by watching the team I invested so heavily in and once played for win their first World Series. The Texas Rangers are a first-class organization throughout. John Blake uh, actually also commented on this. They let him out of his contract to do so. His family lives in Atlanta. They live in Atlanta, yeah. So he was sacrificing a lot of time being away from the family to cover the Rangers, and now that that oh. position opens, he gets to go back to Atlanta and just be with the family now full-time. Okay. So, okay. you know, as K- KMC was pitching earlier, our buddy Mike Baskey, Mike did a good job he with did. that national the series. The Nationals broadcast sure did. They didn't win a damn game with him doing it, but maybe Mike slides in there. Job. I do think our, our, our dude, David Murphy, Murph probably would be my first choice, but there's a trickle-down effect, right? I mean, you got Murph, then Valley, and then maybe Mike takes more games. I mean, I'd love to see Mike get more opportunities in the booth. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, just do like a you know a bit of a rotation, a little rotation. I mean, it's Keep baseball everybody for fresh. goodness sakes. I did see this. As... Are you gonna say anything bad about Dave Valley? Am I? Yeah. Yeah. Are you? I'm not gonna say anything. But what about you? Over there, about, are you gonna say anything bad about Dave? Valley? I was thinking about it. You know, like I'm definitely I've considering never met Dave. it. I've heard he's a great guy. I feel like we're here till seven o'clock, so like there's time for it. But if you want to go ahead and get yours off now, feel free. I get thought maybe off. you wanted to go first. I do lead from the front generally. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out to Dave Raymond, really. But, but Walt, I love Walchuk's Dave Raymond now. I Shout it. out to Dave. It's Walt right. segment, man. It's his segment. Yeah, we don't want to interrupt that. Yeah. Right, go, well, go ahead. We're sorry for interrupting. I appreciate that. Yeah. God, did, Brian just apologized. For interrupting. I, I interrupted. Yeah, I, I did interrupt Dude, you. You're the, I love you, man. Breaking yeah. news here on 105.3 The Fan. you did not text me back on Saturday night when I invited you to dinner. You still... I did not text you back. You're absolutely right about what? that. I, I did you not. You ghosted Brian the bully? I did. Brian... I totally ghosted him. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. It's on Walchuk for throwing out the Hail Mary invite to dinner an hour before. Dude, it's a an hour situation. <laughs> He's like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing day by day, man. <laughs> I get a text. I get a text from Walchuk Did you on get Saturday. an invitation, it's too? It's probably yeah. the same. After you, I, I invited my guy. After you ghosted him. So he was going to have oh, you no. third wheel with his. No, him I, and his I texted all the. I just didn't want to do a big mass group thing, so I was just individually texting. You I guys. actually like that approach, Walchuk, because you make us all feel special and important. Thank you. And I wouldn't have known that. And you some sent people the don't same like the group text deal. I'm he seeing says, if I even saved it. I didn't. I'm this sorry. is like two hours before dinner. He texts me <laughs> and says. Was it that close? It was at like four o'clock. He goes, going to try out this Japanese barbecue spot with Maya. So if oh. y'all are free, was going to see if you wanted to join. I know it's last minute, but wanted to extend the invite. I didn't get that kind of detail. Well, I got just a, said I, dinner I got, question mark. Dinner. Yeah. Do you want to go to dinner kind of a thing? Well, I two. expected Brian to reply. I didn't reply. And maybe go. I knew you weren't going to be able to go. But I wanted to at least give you the invitation. And it was appreciated. You know, it really may, was. May, because, uh, because you never know. Maybe your Darnell Mooney style, you almost catch that Hail Mary. That, well, and maybe we had business. You that's know? true. Yeah, that would have been awesome. I, if I could have put together a, a Saturday Hail Mary Two hours in advance to get three babies watched so that me and my wife can drive halfway across the state of Texas from Fort Worth to Plano <laughs> to enjoy some Japanese barbecue with you and your lovely Woo! future bride. Would have been a party. I would have freaking done that in a heartbeat, dude. Yeah, Especially because we have a built-in DD with your with your with your lady. Yeah, and she was DDing me around. That's for I sure. know she was. Golly. You came stumbling in here yesterday for an <laughs> afternoon Cowboys game, and I could see the weekend on your face. It was a blast. How about Shohei? He Saki is, bombs. Yeah, Saki bombs. Gosh, they're so good. And that bartender was rocking it. And I cannot pronounce the name of this place, but it was good. And if I could, I'd give them some uh, some more love. Yeah, you were like, he this this guy must work out. Yeah, must. <laughs> Shohei's open to the possibility of playing in the outfield next year because he's not going to be pitching because he's had you know the Tommy John the elbow surgery. So once the elbow is healed, he is open to playing in the outfield. He has made seven outfield appearances in his career, but more could be on the way next year with the Dodgers. Makes sense. I think that would be fun to see him out there. And then the other story that I wanted to get to as we wrap up around the bases, the Rays president, he's threatening to reject the new stadium deal in St. Petersburg. Brian Auld is his name. St. Petersburg wants the Rays to change their name from Tampa Bay to St. Petersburg. They want to be the St. Petersburg Rays and not the Tampa Bay Rays because you're not playing in Tampa. You're playing in St. Petersburg. It's a little wordy. It's like if Arlington said, Jerry, you're not getting a stadium uh, unless you're the Arlington Cowboys. You're not the Dallas Cowboys. So here's Brian Auld saying, uh, you can go bleep yourself. We're not changing the team name. We appreciate that you can and should discuss anything and everything relevant to your decision-making process. But please understand that when the, within the context of this particular issue, there will not be a new ballpark nor a development project if there's a requirement to change our franchise's name. We are the Tampa Bay Rays. 
we proudly call St. Petersburg our hometown. And we are so excited about the energy, the excitement, and the impact we can create here with this ballpark and neighborhood development. And that was on full display when the Rangers stormed into St. Petersburg to take on the Tampa Bay Rays in front of a crowd that felt a little bit like the Panthers crowd yesterday. I was going to ask you, who had a bigger crowd yesterday? (laughs) I think just by a slim, slim margin, it was the Rays because it was indoors, there was no elements to deal with, and they were in the playoffs, whereas the Panthers were sitting at 1-12. Huge victory, though, unless you had the Falcons in Survivor. Yeah, well, shame on you. Wait, I did. Shouldn't have done that. Should have rolled with me taking the Rams, and it is a little apropos that you guys are now both doing bad payoffs, you and Dawson. That sucks. Yeah. And, and, brought and us Brian's over there. got two. Hey, at least and, you don't have two like Brian. And That's did, true. And then who didn't have anybody to go to dinner with him Saturday night? <laughs> yeah. I still went with my lovely fiance oh. and Cody. Oh. And his uh, girlfriend, Jordan. Oh. They, oh, nice, dude. Well, he showed up. I'm a big fan of both of those you people. Trick, you tricked him, huh? He was tricked. Did you, wear, <laughs> did you wear a bib this time at the at the spot? He did. He, he s- needed me to sit next to him with the Tide pin. I don't want to spill on myself. And Brian wasn't there to help clean me up. I was laughing at you the whole time. Let's do a little. is always there with that, uh, that well, well-timed towel. Thanks, Uncle Bri. Bri. <laughs> Let's do a little two guys, one booth. And we do have news on Jalen Hurts and his availability tonight. We'll talk about that next on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.